This podcast is made on Darawal country, the unceded land of the Wadi Wadi people. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Are you at a career crossroads and thinking about what's next for you? For career change tips, stories and resources, sign up to our newsletter or check out our new online courses at whatshedidnext.com.au. Investing in yourself is always going to be a win, right? And for me, I I didn't know that I wanted to open my own thing at this point. I was like, right, I just wanted to know as much as I could about tea because I was obsessed about it. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What She Did Next. I'm your host, Jackie Uwe, and this is a podcast where I talk to women about their inspiring career changes. Have you fallen out of love with a career that once inspired you? Do you want to feel that spark of excitement in your work life again? This is where Melissa DeMarco found herself after 12 years in the hairdressing industry, but she didn't know what else she could do. Putting her CV out into the world, she hit a raft of rejections, but she did land a job in a tea shop. Being introduced to the world of tea opened up a whole new interest for her, and she has since become a certified tea master and tea blender. Today, Mel is the founder and creative force behind Tea-esque, an award-winning tea brand that prides itself on being ethically made and sustainably packaged. From starting out in her home kitchen, she now has nearly 100 stockists across Australia and a successful online store, and she recently took the big step of opening her first shopfront. I wanted to know how she navigated such a big career transition and what it's taken to make her mark in an industry that was completely new to her. And as we're both living on the beautiful south coast of New South Wales, we were actually able to do this interview face-to-face. So please welcome, from Wollongong, Melissa DeMarco. So Mel, thank you for taking time away from your beautiful new tea shop to come and chat with me today. I've been wanting to share your career change story for some time, and I know our listeners will really enjoy hearing it. So can you start just by telling us a bit about you and what you were doing before you embarked on your tea journey? Sure. Thanks, Jackie, for having me today. My background, uh, my first career was in hairdressing and something that I always wanted to do as a child. So I had a very strong passion and I really did enjoy my hairdressing journey. Um, I did that for around ooh, 12 years. Right. Yeah, mainly in Wollongong. And yeah, it was just sadly towards the end of that career that I was starting to become a little bit unhappy with, yeah, with the industry and just certain points of what the industry was doing at the time. So I decided to stop hairdressing and uh, embark on a new journey and move to Sydney. Um, And when I did that, I wanted to do something completely different. I needed that bit of a change and a little bit more an adventure. So I, you know, just handed out my resumes all over um, and landed myself a job in a tea shop, um, which was really fun. Well, I do want to ask you more about that, but I just wanted to step back a bit because I was interested to read that you said when you were leaving hairdressing that Mm. you felt like you didn't really have 
many options or skills that would easily transfer to other careers. So yeah, yeah. can you talk a bit about yeah, that? Yeah, I think through the journey in like discovering what I wanted to do, I looked at you know, after, you know, to cut a long story short, there was lots of soul searching in between the transition. Mm. Um, and I looked at many different career aspects, you know, from dog grooming to even like a receptionist at a, you know, doctor surgery or, um, you know, studying to be a naturopath and things like that. And through that journey, I would, you know, hand out my resumes and I always found that I would one, not get a response from people or no, like you're not qualified enough. And it wasn't like some places I was even just asking for, you know, just to have some experience to see if I would like it. So I'm like, I would happy, you know, be happily if you didn't even pay me, you know, yeah. <laughs> like just to have some experience. So that was definitely, yeah, that was definitely a big hurdle for me. And I feel that hairdressers do have a lot of transferable skills mm. in fields that I was looking at. And yeah, that was just really disheartening and really soul crushing. Cause you're like, I've, I've done my time and I've studied and, you know, you, you build a career, you know, I built a career in hairdressing and I was, you know, one of the top senior hairstylists in the salon. I was booked out all the time. You have all of these, you know, customer service, you're talking to people all the time, you're booking appointments, you've, you know, you've, at some points, a therapist to people. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, you're building those sorts of relationships as well. And to find that people wouldn't even, yeah, like give you a a chance is, yeah, pretty, Mm, (laughs) pretty soul crushing, you know? So, um, yeah, that was, I, that was a difficult point in that transitional period of trying to pick what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's tough. I mean, it's hard enough to figure out what you want to do next, but if you feel like the options are really limited, that is really a stressful place to be. Yes. And can you talk a bit more about, you know, by the time you were leaving hairdressing, you said you were actually feeling quite miserable. I mean, can you describe sort of how that need for change had started to build and when you kind of just knew you really had to look for something else? Yeah. So, like at the end of it, I, you know, I was quite miserable and well, my husband now, who was my boyfriend at the time, <laughs> um, he was quite encouraging in that aspect and could see that I was not happy. Mm. And he kind of pushed me forward to do something else and make a change. So I guess having like someone support you in that, you know, was for me was really important because I'm quite shy by nature um, and it's it was difficult for me to kind of step out of my comfort zone as well. But to have him to really push and encourage was, um, yeah, helped me make that next step. But I guess feeling like that in a workplace, you know, I for me personally, I was like, I would never want to feel like that again. Mm. And even though it does seem scary to make a change, it's, you know, I think it's just small steps into making that it will to start a process of being able to make that change is really important. I, and, and for me, like it was really hard to leave hairdressing because that was my identity for so long. So you can't, for me, I had a bit of an identity crisis and I was like, I, now I'm not Mel the hairdresser or mm. who am I going to become because you're this for so long. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you meet people, you're like, hi, yeah, Mel, I do hairdressing, you know, like, yeah. so to not have that. And and for me too, it was hard to leave. It was a hard decision to leave because I did love hairdressing so much and I had such a passion and a drive for it. And it's just unfortunate that, 
you know, employers at the time make you feel certain ways and, um, you know, you're underpaid for one mm. um, or not being recognised for your, your hard work like that. And adds, creativity. And creativity, yeah. you know. And, and for me, finding something else, I knew that I wanted to do something creative or something with my hands because that's I'm I'm not really a nine to five person to see mm. that you know at a desk job or anything like that. So yeah, um, yeah, something creative which I knew I wanted to do, but mm. finding that was a bit of a process and a journey. And so you did start looking for other work, as you said. So how did you become introduced to the world of tea? Growing up, I didn't. Tea wasn't really part of my family where I'm a from well my parents are from Europe so coffee is quite you know a big staple in the household and we would really have tea if we were unwell mm. so mum would do like black tea with with lemon or my nonna would give us some chamomile tea with a little bit of honey or sugar if we were like feeling unwell or you know over night time um so really my introduction was i just picked a tea shop that looked fun and exciting. And I was like, well, we'll give it a go. And um, yeah, once I got the job through there, that's when I was exposed to the tea world. And I think from there, when my little aha moment was when I got the job and I, you know, we're allowed to taste the tea and make yourself a cup. And I was having an oolong tea, which I'd never heard of before. Um, And it was I can tell you it was a milky oolong that I had, which is from <laughs> Taiwan, and and it's it's not flavoured or anything, but it has this beautiful milkiness to it because the wonderful thing about tea plants is that they absorb flavours of their surrounding areas where they're grown, which then transfers into the plant. So when they're processed, they do have those characteristics of their surroundings. Mm. And I remember just being blown away by oh my goodness, like how is this even possible? Like how does a tea produce this milky flavour without having any milk in it? Yeah, that Mm. was my little aha. So then tell me how you went from discovering this interest in tea to deciding to make your own tea. The the tea company was bought over by another company. Um, So the dynamic was changing a little bit, which was a bit sad. Um, and I ended up finding through my little searching as I do when I went home, I found a place where I could study tea mastery and tea blending. So I was like, right. And at the time for me, it was a little bit of money, but investing in yourself is always going to be a win, right? And for me, I I didn't know that I wanted to open my own thing at this point. I was like, right, I just wanted to know as much as I could about tea because I was obsessed about it. So I enrolled myself into both courses and completed those. So that took kind of like a couple of years to complete both of them. All right. And, yeah, just had that solid foundation of everything, you know, you can know about the tea plan and history and brewing and all of that sort of stuff. Um, while working at the tea shop, I was noticing that there was a lot of artificial flavors and additives being sprayed onto a lot of the blends. Um, look, that has its own place in in the market. But for me, knowing what I knew about tea after doing the courses, for me, it was like if you have good quality tea or good quality herbs or spices in your blend, there's nothing else that you need to add. Mm. So from there, once I completed the courses, 
Um, and I guess the blending course helped because you had to start with 70. So you had to create, that was your end assignment is you had to create a range. Oh, right. Yeah, which was really nice. So you had to create the range of seven different blends. You had to name it. You had to write a description and you got to know a little bit about like pricing and, you know, just back end stuff for, you know, business if you mm. were to do that. And for me, being at the tea shop and trying to sell these things with flavors and chemicals was starting to become really difficult for me mm. because as a person, I don't, I don't value like, yeah, just yeah. didn't stick with me and I found it it was difficult for me to sell to people and I was like, yeah. So with having those seven blends, I was like, right, I'm going to start with these and my thing is just bringing something more humble and honest to the table, good quality tea leaf, good quality blends um, without having those extra nasties, mm. you know, on, on the blend. So, yeah, that's when I was like, right, Got me, got me seven blends. Let's <laughs> roll with that, and uh, okay. off I went. <laughs> and so, then, what did the early days of your business look like? Because I believe you started making these blends just in your kitchen, in your apartment, your one bedroom apartment. Yes. Um, and so, what were like? Where, yeah, what were some of the first steps you took from there? How did you start to build a customer base? Um, so. My husband again. <laughs> He's more in the marketing world. Oh, okay. So I was very fortunate to have him help with those sorts of things like building the website and having that presence on social media, like, you know, Facebook. And I think Instagram was just starting to come out then. Um, but I mean, I didn't really know. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And so Fab would help me in, in that aspect on the back end. And then I slowly started to do markets. Um, and I guess it was just to build that brand awareness and get amongst community. So I, yeah, did the markets for around five years, mm. um, which was a good, like it's a good starting point. And I guess I had to jump out of my comfort zone, which was approaching businesses for wholesale. So I think around year two, I started to, you know, branch out and have that bit of an arm into the wholesale, but yeah, it was just, it's a, you know, it is very confronting. And I feel like when it's your own product as well, it's harder to sell. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why, but it is, you just, it's, it's very daunting, but you know, just small steps. Right. And, yeah. you know, again, Fab would encourage and, and be like, you, you can do it. Like you're yeah. confident, you know that. Um, and it's just having that confidence in yourself and your belief. Um, and yeah, it is, it is confrontational, but as you do it more, you get better at it mm. um, and the relationships I've built from those little steps have, you know, been amazing, mm. been really amazing to have that support. So, yeah, just small little steps, it I guess. It is the small steps. That's the thing. It's so easy to pe see people at the point of their success and just think, oh, well, I couldn't do that because it seems like such a big leap from the starting point. But it really is the small just steps. And I think it is that um, – like I saw an Instagram post that you put up about choosing bravery and it was beautifully written. Thank and I really you. loved it because you talked about, you know, having to choose bravery at pretty much every step of the business journey from, you know, first going to the markets and thinking, is anyone going to like this tea? <laughs> yeah. um, even through to making your new all natural iced tea, which yes. I know some people said wasn't doable. So yeah, I think it's really good to sort of reiterate that those small steps is really how you build 
that courage and confidence, right? And each time it gets a little bit less scary, may not completely go away. No, I don't think it ever goes away. I think Mm. you get more comfortable with that feeling. Yes. You know, but you just, you just have to, I think, and I'm a procrastinator. Right. You know, so I'm like, you know, the more that I sit and stew on things, it's worse. Yeah. It's like just stop that thought. Yeah. Just go, what is the worst that can happen? Someone says no. Mm. Right. And I've had a lot of no's. <laughs> so you'd think I'd be used to that by now. But, yeah, definitely bravery and small steps, you know, not to overwhelm yourself, um, you know, in every day just having – a small list to yeah. do, you know, that you feel like you're achieving something yeah. rather than overloading yourself and it then becomes overwhelming. Um, Make it manageable. Correct, mm. exactly. And so were you working on the business full-time from the beginning or was there a bit of a transition period where you had to juggle it with other work like for money or anything yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always had um, a second job while supporting the tea. You know, you've got to – you're getting it off the ground, right? It's not gonna, it's not gonna make you money straight away. Um, yeah. And I remember someone saying it's always like the first ten years, you know, to structure. And you know, sometimes you don't see really much in the ten years. You're always putting back into the business, which is what I do mostly. Right. But you know, I'm seeing traction now, which is which is really nice. But yes, always had a second job. Wow, okay. So, you're eight years into the business now, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. I, I don't have the second job now, <laughs> which is nice, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, always had the second job and, and then always doing the tea side hustle. So, mm-hmm. there has been, you know, a lot of sleepless nights. You have to have tenacity. You have to have, you know, a little bit of drive and, um, for you to keep pushing forward to see some success, but yeah, it's, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a second job. Like there's so many other people doing the same thing, you know? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's really good for people to know that because, you know, like people have, I think sometimes unrealistic expectations of how quickly things can take off and look for some people they do. It's all obviously, you know, businesses are very different and it depends what you're doing, what size of business, but yeah, I don't think it's uncommon for it to be a slow build, especially yes. if you've never had a business before no. and you're figuring out, does this work or that didn't work? Maybe I'll try that. Like it's trial and error, I guess. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I guess, you know, Instagram and social media sometimes do portray a different image and, you know, people think, oh, wow, like, you know, she must be doing very well or, you, you know, making all this money. But in reality, mm. yeah, you are making money, but it most of it goes back into the business. Yeah. And it's important to share those stories because, you know, for people who might be thinking about starting their own thing, you know, it's important to share that and to share that you are a real person behind this this face of a business. You know, you do have a family, you do have kids, you do have that second job. And, yeah, you are working damn hard, mm. you know. It's not just like – you know, yes. that things come, you know, some people are, like you were saying, are fortunate and their business takes off. For me, however, because I don't have that business background, for me, I didn't want to grow too quickly. Mm. I think I would have probably shot myself in the foot or maybe like sunk myself faster than what I could handle. And I know that. So I just wanted to see that small progression every year, which I have. And I feel like 
that was something I could handle. Because mm. I think if I went from zero to like a thousand, I probably wouldn't have known what to do. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I think yeah. it just wouldn't have, I don't think I would have got to where I am today. Mm. So for yeah. me, that slow progress was what I wanted. Mm. Yeah. And building the foundation. Building that strong the foundation. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, you do now have nearly a hundred stockists across Australia. You have an online store and you've just opened your first physical shop front. So I do think it's safe to say that you are well and truly established in your new career. I mean, you talked a little bit about what it's taken to get there, but what do you think has really been the key to success in your business? Um, I think, I mean, I mean, a lot of hard work and like I said, late nights, having that tenacity, but I think it is finding that spark or that that thing that sets your soul on fire because I will like for it for you to get out of bed, something that excites you that's like, yes, let's do this. I think if you don't have that, I think it would be harder because the other stuff is so difficult and tough mm. that if you don't have the balance of, okay, this is challenging, but I love this side of the business. I love the tea blends. I love, you know, the social aspect and meeting local businesses and building those sorts of relationships. Those are the things that I love and that creativeness, doing something with my hands. Yeah. If I didn't have that, I yeah, I think the business side of things is, is difficult. So finding that thing, mm. that spark is really important to achieving success because if you didn't like it, yeah. What's the point, right? Yeah. You know, there's no there's no point. Um, but yeah. And I think also, you know, building a business that's meaningful for you. Like you have such a values driven business, you know, yes. have, as you said, having seen what you didn't want at the tea shop with yes. chemicals and things, you know, you care about what goes into the tea, you yes. care about the packaging, you care about the farmers that you work with. Like I think exactly. you've, you've been able to align it with who you are in such a way that must bring, you know, that helps with the spark, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It brings that bit of, that bit more joy into the process and and that too, you know, finding, once you find that path and you've got that clear vision of what you're trying to achieve and look, and it, it will change over time and I think that's, it's good if it's changing in a positive way because I think if you stay stagnant for so long too, that's, you know, mm. probably not great too, but yeah, for me, those sorts of values are important and, and supporting smaller tea farmers, for instance, where I can. Yeah. And building those sorts of relationships there is, um, you know, that keeps you going. And when they send you little videos of, you know, the women plucking tea and things like that, like it just, it's yeah, just amazing. something else and something really special. And yeah, it's, okay. it's been a good, good process, <laughs> a good journey. No, I love that. And so, yeah, tell us a little bit more about what's next for you then. Obviously, the store is very new. You run <laughs> workshops yep. as well. Like what do you sort of hope the business will become over the next little while? Um, so, yeah, like the workshops are doing great. Like I hold chai blending workshops for people to come and get creative and, yeah, it's just nice. But I think having the tea shop allows me and, you know, having it in – Wollongong, which is home, so having our flagship store planted here is really exciting to let our community – because a lot of people don't know that I'm from Wollongong or that we are a local tea business, so having that space is really important and to hold workshops as well to get people to come in and explore with us and do something creative in our community, but also for women 
to shine light on other women in business here in Wollongong. Um, you know, been working with Clay Wollongong, which is really great. We do mug making and, and tea blending, which is great. Um, you know, I've had other interests with the local artists, um, Tegan. You know, we want to hold like art, uh, Mandela workshops for women, more of a meditative space with tea-inspired ingredients. Mm. So it's not only just for me, but it's shining light for other women um, who are doing amazing things in business here in Wollongong um, and just to create that little bit of a network, you know, and it's not just about me, it's about supporting other women. That's the most important thing. So, yeah, so that's that part of that aspect of the business and then obviously the iced tea is another arm for the tea business. So we're, yeah, growing there um, with one best beverage and best new brand at the Naturally Good Expo earlier on this year, which we really needed. That's um, so cool. Which is amazing. So that was like Australasia-wise. So we've got, you know, interest in New Zealand, Japan, Australia, obviously, and we've got a group helping us to have these connections um, and hopefully we can enter into Woolies and Coles with the iced tea wow. um, and some more healthy spaces. Like, well, I mean, we're in Whole Foods House now as well, but trying to get that part moving as well. So amazing. Yeah. So, Mel, just a few final questions to give some tips to our listeners today. So, if someone listening was interested in making the leap to work in the tea industry, what tips do you have for them? Well, I think if you are interested in the tea leaf, you know, go out and try lots of different teas. I would say that that's the way that you learn, um, build your palate for, for, you know, enjoying different teas, writing down notes. Um, you can, you can source herbs if you want to and have a little play or, you know, you can go to different tea businesses and buy their, their blends. And again, just have a little play with what you like. Um, if you want to, you know, go even further, you can do what I did and, you know, study and, and learn about tea that way. There are many resources online as well. There's a plethora of like tea books. I have like a whole shelf of tea books. Okay. Tea books are a wonderful way. There's like T101s, um, that you can learn so much about tea if you're really interested in it. Mm. And if you are interested in creating your own blends, again, just, yeah, having a play at home and tasting. And maybe landing yourself a job in a tea shop if that's, you know, if that's the avenue you want to go just to kind of build a bit of a foundation. Mm. Um, but well, yeah, I think yeah. even doing, cause I have done your chai and the chai workshops. workshops. Yeah. It is a really fun, like just to get, cause I'd never thought about blending your own teas before. Like even just doing that to explore an interest is a sort of very simple first step. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like, I mean, until I met you, I didn't even know you could be a certified tea master. So to know that there is a course that you can do for that is yeah so interesting. It's amazing yeah it's um yes and you can join me in my workshops <laughs> yes get the plug in so that um, um yeah that's always fun okay no they're really good tips and I mean but we do know there's a lot of things that can hold women back from making a change yeah even if they really want to make it whether that's you know that discomfort of the identity shift or the money side of things or yes. you know your own self-doubt I mean what would you say is the biggest barrier that you had to overcome to make your career change so like I think like I mentioned for me personally it was the it was the identity crisis of who am I you know and who am I going to be because I identified 
with that for so long. That was my biggest struggle. Mm. And I think once I made the change though, I realized that it was positive, you know, and a lot of, because it's the unknown, right? Yes. You know, and you don't know what, you know, where it's going to take you. But if you don't and and you're miserable in what you do, mm. I do encourage people to, again, you don't have to leave your job straight away. You know, just write a list of some things that, you know, you enjoy and try and find something that way. It's the small steps again. Yes. You know, so that was – but yeah, like the identity thing for me was definitely the biggest hurdle. Um, and you know, we do have a lot of resources these days mm. to help us in these journeys. So it's just making those small steps yep. into a positive change. And you know, we live in a world where we don't have to do this. And that's the thing that we don't realize is that you think you just have to do this job forever, even if you're miserable yep. because of these challenges like money or whatever it is, you know, but in reality, it's if you do make the change and it is a positive one for you, you would never look back, right? Like I haven't looked back, Yeah, you know, so. It's true. And I think that's the thing. There's, I mean, there's just so many opportunities now that didn't even exist when we were finishing school, like because of technology, because of social media, because you can pretty much teach yourself to do anything online. 100%. So yeah, I think we're lucky in that way, but it does become overwhelming. You know, it's also an overwhelming thing to be told you can be whatever you want. And then it's like, but what do I want? (laughs) Exactly. What is it that I want? I don't know. Well, like I think you've given lots of good lessons learned, but I suppose if there was just one final lesson for women who might be listening, who are really thinking about making a change, I mean, is there one key thing you would say to them to help them get unstuck? I think the biggest lesson would, the best advice is, like I mentioned earlier, is just invest in yourself. That is the best thing you can do. And there's lots of things that you can do correspondence. There are a lot of little courses, you know, do a little course. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't even, even if it seems like a bit of money, but you know, it it is a small investment for something that can grow into something bigger. So definitely invest in yourself. You, You will never lose. You will never, even if you don't do anything with it, it's something that you will have. Yeah. Right. So I love that, that. Would, yeah. And what's the best part about your work life now? Ooh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it is stressful at times. And I think having the tea shop now, it's changed my dynamic again, because I guess having a tea shop is somewhat a non-negotiable. Um, but you know, I can set my no, my own hours. Um, but the best part is, you know, still being able to be creative. Um, with my hands, um, being amongst community and talking to people because I love that. And having a bit, a bit of a work life balance <laughs> where I can, you know, be with my children. Yeah. Um, cause they're still really young. So I guess there are pros and cons to having your own business in that respect. Um, sometimes you have to give a little bit, but you know, having a choice whether, you know, and sometimes I, I will have to close early to, pick up my girls from school and Mm. just having that flexibility um, is really important because my girls are my number one priority. So, (laughs) yeah. Okay, Mel, well, lastly, if people want to find out more about you and your delicious teas, where's the best place to connect with you? Um, Definitely on Instagram. Um, So you just at TS, so T-E-A-E-S-K. You can find me there. I'm on Facebook. 
Um, if LinkedIn's your thing, I'm on there as well, just the same handle at TSC. Um, and online, I'm, I'm still online, so www.ts.com.au. Um, but yeah, I'm mostly present, yeah, on the socials and I do some videos and you can find out with my, where my next blending workshops are going to be, whether it's in the shop or collaborating with, um, another local business as well. Great. And if people are in Wollongong, you can go and see Mel in person in her new shop. <laughs> yes, come see me. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today, Mel. I've loved sharing your story. Thanks so much for having me, Jackie. <laughs> really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me for this episode of What She Did Next. You can find all of the details about today's guest in our show notes. And if you're thinking about making a career change of your own, then you might want to check out our new online courses or subscribe to our newsletter at whatshedidnext.com.au. We're also on Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn at What She Did Next Podcast. What She Did Next is produced and hosted by me, Jackie Uwe, with production support by Perk Digital. Thanks for listening. <laughs>